So our Bible reading this morning, my proper work as it were, my contracted work, <laughs> is uh, John 6, beginning at verse 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it's I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered into it with his disciples but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum to search for Jesus. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, so I'm actually going to start just by reading a tiny little bit from Exodus um, because that will make sense. <laughs> so Exodus 14, 21 um, and Exodus 14, 30 to 31. Let's try and find that. Um, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. So I've read that passage um, because... In the event where Jesus walks on the water, it actually occurs during or around the time of Passover. So what happened in Exodus and their time, the Israelites' time in the wilderness, will have been at the forefront of people's minds at the time when this happened. Um, so actually this knowledge helps us when we read the passage because it suddenly takes on a new meaning. Lots of symbolism begins to appear. It seems as though Jesus was wanting to communicate quite a lot through that, um, through him walking on the water. So in this act, Jesus is himself alluding to what happened in Exodus with what happened when Moses led the people through the water that had separated through God's power. And actually, Moses isn't the only one to perform water miracles. There are others as well, like Elisha and Elijah. But Jesus is, he's showing them through this parallel, that actually he's different. He's not just, because the rest of them, Elijah and Elisha and Moses, they had to do it under God's power, but because Jesus is God, he's doing it in his own power. So he's showing them, effectively, he is God. So this symbolism is quite powerful, and um, I'm sure the disciples would have probably picked up on this at the time. 
So, just as God led Israel through Moses in the past, now Jesus is leading the people through this new exile and creating a new Israel. So that's the symbolism, if you like. Um, And I think that's the main message that Jesus is communicating through it, that he is God. But if this passage was merely about symbolism, then we'd be looking at mere religion, which this isn't what this this, this is that we're we're doing, this Christianity thing, um, is about much more than just religion, isn't it? It's it's a relationship, and that's what God's always trying to, to, to grow, to nurture, is this relationship with us. So, the storm that was occurring is perhaps thought to represent the chaos of the sea at the time that Moses led the Israelites through the, the water, but God is displaying his power and faithfulness, but also his, his presence in this time of trial, in this circumstance. So the fact that he is with us in the storms is also what I want to focus on today. So he is God and he is with us. And yet there's more. So the feeding of the 5,000 that occurred just previously to him walking on the water, that's when Jesus fed the people and the 5,000 people with the loaves and the fishes, um, the five loaves and the two fishes. This would also cast people's minds at the time back to when God fed the people in the wilderness just after the Exodus um, with the manna. So he sustained them. And the passage that follows this walking on the water, Jesus also mentions the bread. So this bread comes up, this, this theme of bread keeps coming up. And I think it's interesting that this passage is sandwiched in between the two, these are about bread. Um, I wonder whether or not this is almost Jesus showing that practically that he is what they need. He's their bread to, to sustain to sustain them just when they need it. So that's the third thing I want to focus on today, that he will sustain us. So he is God, he is with us, and he will sustain us. So there's a context, if you like, an overview of the passage, and a bit of a background. Um, So he is God. Um, There's not much more I want to say on this point. But, yeah, this parallel kind of communicates that quite well, I think, that Jesus is showing that he is God through, through this act, this miracle of walking on the water. That Jesus is God is perhaps the most important point, as with other, without it, the others are rendered meaningless. If he were not God, how could he be omnipresent? How could he be everything that we need? So he is able to be with us and sustain us in these times of trial. So this one comes first. He is God. So secondly, he is with us. He is with you. So my husband Tom and I, we, we, spent a week in, um, we spent a week in Iceland. This was a few years ago. And um, we went in in the February, and we'd gone to go and see the Northern Lights, which we did actually see, which was wonderful. It was really, it was incredible, actually. And I'd go back just, just to, see, to see them again. Um, but Iceland, if you, I, I'm sure you know, it's full of a lot of, um, a lot, a lot of wonders of creation, um, a lot of geothermal activity. So we saw, like, the hot springs and... Um, a big waterfall and, and etc. Et but um, yeah, one of the most incredible things actually, um, on top of all the others, was the weather. Um, just the extreme winds that we experienced. It was colder, I think, then than it was supposed to be in February. Um, and I had to wear my ski trousers the whole time because it was that cold. Um, I've never before felt that kind of intense, like, under the mercy of the weather, like you kind of feel a little bit scared um, of, of the, pow- the power of that, um, the wind. And actually, 
that's some, sometimes like I, I feel like I meet with God quite, quite well through creation. I think a lot of people feel like that. Um, it's one of the ways in which, uh, which I meet with God. Um, and at that time, I'd say, if I, if I did, well, I did meet with God, it was definitely um, through, it was definitely meeting the all-powerful side nature of God um, in that time. So we, were, we decided we'd take a day trip and we were a bit naive because we'd, we'd hired this tiny little Hyundai i10, which is like a tin box of a car, um, because it was one of the cheaper ones and we, were, we didn't know any better. And um, we decided to take a day trip um, down along the south coast to see a, a volcano um, from afar. And we were staying in Reykjavik, the main town, and um, we hadn't checked the weather. We just decided to, to go, which was really, really naive. Um, it was okay in Reykjavik, it wasn't great, but it was okay. And we decided to just to, to go out on this day trip. And uh, all of a sudden, we got out onto the road, and then the weather just hit us. The wind, the, the snow, and everything. There was this massive blizzard. And we couldn't see further than maybe like two or three feet in front of a car, literally. And I could feel the car swaying, Tom was driving, but I could feel um, the weight of the wind like pulling the car from side to side. Um, I think he was probably having to do quite a lot of work just to keep us in a straight line. Um, we could just about make out maybe the rocks on the side of the road and that was about it. So we didn't know what to do, we were stranded because like there were two options basically. We could either stay on the road that we were on and in, go, just go into the abyss, like not knowing, like there was no reason why the weather would suddenly lift. Um, or we could make a blind U-turn and head back to Reykjavik, but we couldn't see if there, were any, if there was any traffic coming in the opposite direction. So it would literally just be, uh, you know, taking a gamble. <laughs> um, so we decided on the second one. <laughs> and um, thankfully, 20 minutes later, we were back in Reykjavik. Um, and it felt like suddenly, like the storm had just kind of like lifted and we were, um, yeah, we were in Reykjavik, like sheltered Reykjavik, which was... Uh, and I was very relieved and I was very thankful to God. So um, I do believe that he was with us that day and um, we managed to get out unscathed apart from being slightly shaken up. Um, my fingers were actually like tingling. I couldn't feel the ends of them anymore because I was that panicked. Um, but we did find out later that tourists, there had been, unfortunately, tourists, that the, the rocks had been like swept into, uh, like up to the windows and like smashed the windows of cars and some people had been stranded into various like hotels along the way. I don't know how they'd actually managed to find the hotels, to be honest, but um, so yeah, we were actually really, really fortunate. So I was very thankful to God um, for that. So that's the nearest I feel I've been to what the disciples maybe felt when they're in the boat, <laughs> in a very literal kind of literal storm fashion. Um, but obviously storms can take a variety of different forms, can't they? Like that was a very physical, literal storm, but um, you know, we have emotional storms, spiritual storms, don't we? And um, other physical ones may be in the form of illnesses. And um, yeah, they're all different. We've exp we all experience a variety of those um, throughout our lives. And some of us might be in one right now, um, probably, uh, quite, probably a lot of us, like, because we, we all go through um, them regularly, don't we, um, in varying severity. Um, so, so, yeah, that's my experience um, of, of, of one that comes to mind. Um, it actually, it made me, it made me think actually reading this passage of, you know, in the Lord of the Rings when Frodo puts on that ring and then he's like, 
uh, somebody's taken up into the eye of Sauron and it's all like horrific and, um, and terrible, like a bad dream, like nightmare-ish. And then all of a sudden he takes the ring off and suddenly he's back in his nice homely shire where he's all protected and safe. And I think sometimes it can feel like that, can't it? When we're in a storm or when, we're, um, or when a storm suddenly comes upon us, whether it be an illness or the death of somebody or... Um, whatever it might be, like it can come on us really suddenly. It might be less, um, yeah, less severe than that, but um, whatever it is that we might be going through, um, it can come on us suddenly, but then it can also like leave again just as quickly. Um, I think it interesting, I found a quote whilst I was doing some research um, for this, and um, the person said, Jesus cuts across life's obstacles and miraculously intervenes in the storms. And I think that's true. Like, he, this is, Jesus cuts across, um, you know, he's walking in the water and he cuts across the storm, and then he intervenes. He says, it is I, do not be afraid. They're, the, they're his words in this passage. It is I, do not be afraid. Uh, it's quite simple, really. Um, so, yeah, so he, he is with us, and I think he's showing, he shows the disciples that through the, in this passage. You know, he suddenly appears in the water, and then when he gets on the boat, suddenly the storm just poof, stops. And sometimes that can be the end of a storm when, you know, we feel that it can't, it's calm. And other times maybe that can happen, like, within a, a, a particular storm or battle or wilderness. We might experience, like, little little pockets of, of this from God. Um, so, number three is that he sustains us. In his being there, in his presence, in his being with us, he sustains us. It's in his presence that we are held and we are once transported into a place where he can offer to us what it is, that only he can offer to us what it is that we need. So he will sustain you. But how does he sustain us? What, what, like, what is it he does? And I think this can become in a variety of ways, can't it? Um, just like when he appeared, he appeared just when the disciples needed it. In that moment, they were terrified, and I think they probably thought they were going to die. Um, I wondered if we were going to die, to be honest, <laughs> in the car. Like, if we were just going to get swept into the ocean. Um, but we were fine. Um, but he sustains us in a variety of ways. And I think there was a time recently when I really needed, I really needed God to sustain me. Like I, I, um, I was waiting for the results of something and it was a few weeks where I was just like in a waiting period. And, like, and I think that's horrible, isn't it? When you're waiting and you don't know what the answer is going to be. And, um, Do not worry versus kept kind of coming like from various different angles without me looking for them and I thought that was really interesting and like I, I, I suddenly thought right I should probably start listening because God's obviously you know he's obviously speaking to me through these like um he's saying listen to me like these are for you right now and so I had to do what I was told and um yeah that didn't mean the storm had ended but it, it just meant that in that moment I could just breathe suddenly like I because I, I was in a state of like anxiety during this time and like it just meant that I was able to breathe for a second and I also received an email from somebody and like that was just really like reassuring and sometimes like I think God can use us can't he because we're his, his, his hands and feet we're the body of Christ aren't we so God uses us to um to speak to one another he, he speaks through us um so that's another way that perhaps he might sustain sustain us So yeah, so it wasn't the end. It wasn't the end of the storm. 
but it was a real comfort to me um, to receive those promises and to receive that email. So God knows that I really struggle not knowing, and, um, and so he knew that he needed to sustain me somehow, um, just as he sustains the rest of us. And I still find that process really hard, but I was able to, like, yeah, there was, like, lulls in the storm. I was able to breathe, like, for a second. And after receiving the email and reading the verses, if I started to panic, I would try and remind myself of those reassurances that I'd already been given. So what I want to do, then, is... I want to have a little time of reflection, so this will probably, yeah, this will, it's going to be a slightly, slightly longer time of reflection, I suppose. Um, so thank you, well, you kind of like um, reassured me that that was the right thing to do because <laughs> you're talking about doing as well as hearing, and um, so we're going to do a bit more doing, though it's not very physical doing. Um, but yeah, so what I want to look at is um, how has, wh- when has Jesus fed you in the wilderness? Maybe you're in one now. Maybe you've just been through one. Maybe it was a while ago. When has Jesus fed you in the storm? How has he sustained you? And um, Claire's got a little song on the laptop that I wanted to play that's quite um, special to me, but also it's relevant to, to today, I think. And um, so I want you to just, just pause and think. Um, pray, pray, ask God for, um, to remind you, perhaps, because um, it can be like a, um, it can be quite beneficial, I think. So sometimes remember the times when God has has intervened in your life and write them down if you can if you've got paper or write it on your phone um and yeah so claire's going to play this song and we're gonna and then we're going to come back together for a second so that won't be the end um and maybe i might ask a couple of you to share some of those things if you feel comfortable so yeah claire if you could play the song that'd be great thank you
Um, we all need rescuing, don't we, like from the storms, um, whatever they might be that plague our hearts and minds. Um, but when we read of, Jesus, of the promises that Jesus has given us um, in the scriptures and hear comforting words from somebody dear to, dear to us, then it can, it's a relatable experience, isn't it? And a break in the storm. So I want to just read Isaiah 43, because I think it's really encouraging. Um, Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 5. And that is, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I gave Egypt, Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight and honoured, and I love you. I give people in return for you, nations, in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and the west. I will gather you. So these storms can appear suddenly. The disciples were sent from a mountaintop experience into a major storm, from fame with the feeding of the 5,000 to a sudden danger, reminding them of their vulnerability and mortality and their apparent smallness um, when compared to the mighty hand of the weather and all the wonders of creation. But when all seemed lost, Jesus came. But did he ever leave? I'm reminded of that um, phrase, this too shall pass, like whether it be the good or the bad. Um, he is with us always in the midst of the storm, before the storm, after it. Um, the storm is not forever, but neither is the lull, not in this age, but only in the one that is to come. Only then will we be free from the, the, from the storms of this life. So the last thing I want us to do is, um, Hannah's going to play us a song. Um, I'm going to pray for us and what I'd like you to do is to just think of somebody that you know now who might be going through something um, and pray for them and then also ask God if there's a way in which you might be able to help them in some way, whether it be um, to send them a Bible passage um, that might be reassuring or literally just to reach out to them. So yeah, I'd like you to just pray for them, um, ask God to um, bring somebody to mind. Um, I'm going to pray for us while Hannah starts playing and then Anne's going to